Hello and welcome back to Explio Explores with me, your host, Siobhan Smith. This series zooms in on the nine success factors for business transformation. These were identified through data gathered from over 1,000 senior decision makers in Explio's annual Business Transformation Index report. Thank you so much for the feedback on the podcast so far. I'm sad to say that today is the ninth episode rounding off our Success Factor series. And today's episode is all about having a focus on quality assurance. And as always, what we're trying to do is try and understand why is it so important outside of the obvious reasons? What challenges do businesses and companies face when it comes to quality assurance? And ultimately, what can you learn from our esteemed guest today? What are the top tips that you can take with you and help improve your approach to this topic moving forward? We hope you enjoy. Today's guest is Rolando Balcarcel, Executive Technical Director of IT Compliance FDA at Estee Lauder. The Estee Lauder Companies Inc. is one of the world's leading manufacturers, marketers and sellers of quality skincare, makeup, fragrance and hair care products. With over 25 years of experience, Rolando has led the transformation of key IT initiatives in the areas of software quality assurance, as well as data integrity and compliance space. He initially held the role of Global Executive Director of Testing at Estee Lauder, where he stood up a testing center of excellence to introduce quality testing governance and automation. Rolando builds collaborative relationships with key partners, both internal and external, to facilitate the development and deployment of technology systems. Currently, Rolando is leading the global compliance team, which focuses on FDA requirements to ensure that Estee Lauder products are fit for their intended use and its respective data are properly controlled as per regulatory guidelines. So all of this experience and expertise makes Rolando the prime candidate to round off the Explio Explorers podcast series by talking to us today about success factor number nine, a focus on quality assurance. So welcome to the podcast, Rolando. Uh, Thank you so much, Yvonne. Glad to be here. Brilliant. Um, So we'll start as we always do, um, which is kind of setting the scene of why this success factor is important. So in the Business Transformation Index, we were actually astounded that only 39% of respondents listed quality assurance as a major focus area. So let's start at the very top. In your opinion, Rolando, why is quality assurance important? Well, first off, let me say that I'm just as astounded as you. (laughs) Being in quality assurance for over 25 years, I always felt that it was an integral part, specifically in the software development lifecycle. To me, quality assurance really, uh, it really qualifies. It gives you and your your company that integrity, right? It allows you Mm -hmm. to assure that what you're putting out there for the consumers meets the intended use, it provides quality of your product and ensures that the consumers will be satisfied in the in the long run. Absolutely. And it's interesting when you um, juxtapose that with the number one um, area, I suppose, that businesses are focusing on was listed as customer experience. I suppose quality assurance plays a big role in that customer experience. Would you agree? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I do think that it varies uh, depending on the industry that you're working in. A lot of, you know, of course, companies are consumer focused, consumer facing. Others are more focused on the product themselves, right? But I do think that it's important to hear from your consumers to make sure that the consumers are satisfied with that product, as I said before. And it is something that more companies should be listening to. Right, right. And, you know, given that it's so important, what do you feel are like the common challenges that businesses and people face when it comes to focusing on quality assurance? I'm glad you asked that question because I could say it's challenges that I faced myself. Uh, the number one thing being a deployment date, you know, a production rollout time. Um, some of the companies that I've worked with in the past, they really had to adhere to client requests, client needs, press materials. And at that time, you know, unfortunately, it would mean, you know, shrinking quality assurance time from a month to sometimes just a couple of days. That to me is something that will sacrifice the quality of the product. But at the same time, you also have to adjust and adapt to, you know, the needs of the client, but still try to put your stamp of approval to ensure that that quality meets the expectations. And at what point, just for anyone who's kind of unfamiliar with programs of transformation, at what point usually would you factor in quality assurance as one of the elements to your plan? Well, I mean, everything has evolved now, right, within technology. Uh, initially, when you look at the software development lifecycle, quality assurance usually came at that last phase or at that last stage gate, as some people call it. Uh, nowadays, quality assurance really is at the forefront as well. You're usually involved during the early kickoff meetings at the initial state, documentation and you know specification reviews. So to me, especially as you move into more of an agile methodology or model, you know, you see quality assurance and those focused quality SMEs involved really from the start. So I mentioned earlier about the 39% of respondents um, overall who didn't think that um, quality assurance was a major focus area, which was quite shocking as we both agree. Um, But as part of the Business Transformation Index, what we were able to do was split companies into um, starters, strivers and stars. And this was based off of their responses to the survey that they had conducted. So we were able to identify the nine success factors in this series as integral to being a star. Um, And there's a really stark difference in terms of quality assurance um, when it comes to STARS. So it's actually 64% of the respondents in that category saw quality assurance as a major focus area. Um, So my question to you is, is, you know, what separates the great organizations when it comes to quality assurance to the kind of starter organizations? Well, definitely what separates those organizations are the ones that really take that quality, you know, seriously. There are organizations that really build up strong quality assurance teams and have a big focus on delivering a product from start to finish, whereas there are other companies that might be at that startup phase. You know, I don't think that the size of the organization should depend on the focus of quality assurance, but it's more about what you want to deliver, how you want to deliver it, and how you want to put yourself as an ideal partner or a key industry leader in the organization, right? Um, right. You know, at, at, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that quality assurance is an integral part and you're able to show that by the products that you deliver. Absolutely. 
And in terms of um, transformation programs, um, would there be a challenge when it comes to, I suppose, the leadership of those programs um, that might account for, you know, that big kind of 61% gap in, in calling quality assurance a focus area? Well, I mean, I think it's more about proving that quality assurance can be really effective without impacting your timeline, without impacting your um, your development, you know, uh, times and or the time to production, right? I think the way I see it when I, you know, would be focused on the initiative or the scope of quality assurance is if you have a quality assurance team that is doing their job, running test cases, and reporting on issues, but they come back with zero bugs, zero defects. In my opinion, they really didn't do their job well, right? You want to be able to show the leadership team that there are issues that need need to be addressed. You know, of course, at that time, you prioritize them, right? You set, you know, the different criticality measures behind them. You, you know, must identify them from the start. That way there is time to go back to software development to address those issues, to fix those defects, and then to do proper testing in the end. Right. Is that a hard thing to do in your experience? It's very hard. You know, I think a lot of times, and again, I'm going to say that this is specific to different industries, but there's times when there's a little bit of a, uh, let's call it friction between developers and quality assurance engineers. And sometimes there's a little bit of, uh, you know, chest bumping, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. they, they don't want to be rattled. A developer doesn't want to be told that their code has defects or some issues with it. But at the same time, everyone needs to be collaborative, right? Collaborative, I'm sorry, and uh, work as a team uh, just to make sure that they do put out the best product possible. That's it, because it's all, everyone's working towards the same end goal, aren't they? It's really interesting, you know, the the time cost quality triangle that most um, business people will be familiar with. We've talked on this podcast previously about, you know, delivering on time and keeping to budgets. Um, so I was looking forward to asking the person we had on for quality assurance. Do you feel like when there are sacrifices to be made in that triangle that usually, typically quality assurance is where the sacrifice tends to happen? Oh, 100 percent. You know, that's it's the uh, the story of my life <laughs> during my 25 <laughs> plus year career in quality assurance before I moved over. But as I said before, you know, we are sacrificed. There is time when, you know, a one month window is reduced to a week or is reduced to a couple of days. But you still have to, uh, you know, in, in North American terms, put on your big boy pants and get the job done, you know. In terms of impressions internally when it comes to quality assurance, you know, it doesn't, I suppose it doesn't hold as much weight as you've just said, um, as keeping to budget and keeping on time do. Like, how is it perceived internally? Is it perceived as a risk mitigation exercise or is it perceived kind of as a tick the box exercise? And is there like a re-education needed around quality assurance in the future? Absolutely. I always believe in having, you know, post-mortem meetings, you know, because you don't want it to be a tick-the-box exercise. We want to make sure that everyone understands that, you know, quality in and of itself, you know, starts with, you know, the effort that you put in, the processes that you have in place, you know, even from execution of test cases. You know, I always felt that it was important to have a test plan. That way, leadership, the company, the teams that you're working with, they see at the forefront with a, you know, documented evidence, what the approach is going to be, why you're doing it and what the end result should be, right? So I do wanna make sure that even at the end of a project, 
that postmortem is important for everyone to understand what, why you did what you did and how we all need to come together. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes really, it makes perfect sense. Um, and another thing about quality assurance, I suppose, as a topic is it's kind of, we say, we have a saying in Explio, you know, you wouldn't correct your own homework or you wouldn't let your, your students correct their own homework. How important is it to have that kind of independent approach to quality assurance so that we don't have people who are, say, writing software, then going back over and reviewing their own work? Yeah, that's extremely important. I think that's the reason why it is um, critical to have an independent team or a separate team within your organization doing the testing, right? A lot of the other things that you see is the industry focusing or moving towards automation, which I think is great, right? I'm a little bit old school. I was used <laughs> to doing everything manual, literally like, uh, you know, seeing it as a uh, as a perfectionist, and I do believe that those folks that are in QA, in a way, are perfectionists. You know, they, some I, I've been called an English teacher because I would focus in <laughs> on even the the most menial things, such as you know a copy issue versus seeing a code issue. But I do think that it's important for that fresh set of eyes that isn't familiar, isn't seeing the code day after day after day, to be able to go in as a third party, and you know, so to speak and then being able to apply their critical thinking, um, put their, you know, their aspect in terms of how they have a different mindset when they do their testing approach. Absolutely. And you, I mentioned in your intro that you set up actually a center of excellence test center. Um, like, what was that like? It was difficult. Um, when I came into the organization, we did have a few partners that were helping us with testing. What I wanted to accomplish is really just having a centralized location for that. You know, it did take, you know, a couple of meetings with different partners, identifying the right process, governance, um, documentation in terms of, you know, what we're going to do for execution, communication, alerts, notifications, and really making sure that that focus that the Center of Excellence was going to deliver also met people's requirements, right? From a departmental and also from a leadership perspective. I think in the long run, it was very successful. I mean, it's still around today, even though I don't lead that department right now, but it was very successful in that it allowed us to one, reduce that, not just the level of effort cost, but also resource cost, and also deliver more on time with a, a more uh, quality behind the product. Yeah, it sounds like um, if it sounds like if you get it right, going back to that triangle, that it's actually an enabler of delivering on time and keeping to budgets. You know, if if you approach it in the right way, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. And I suppose we've outlined a lot of challenges there. I suppose what would your top tips, based on your you know wealth of experience in this space, be for the listeners in terms of mastering this as a success factor in their businesses? Yeah, well, I think I touched on it a little bit uh, just a little while ago, but definitely having the right test plans in place. One thing is making sure that you are involved from the very beginning. You have a good uh, mind in terms of being able to assess situations, read the documentation, get involved to you know even provide your input on a lot of the specifications. You have to, in a way, start your testing 
approach early on in your mind, right? Prior to even starting the test case creation. So the test plan in and of itself should really outline what it is you're going to do, what is the scope of your testing approach and how you're going to deliver in the end. And in terms of bringing that plan to a success, is there any um, top tips that you would have in terms of partnering up or skills that you need to identify to have internally in order to make that a success from the outset? Well, I hope I'm okay with saying this on, uh, on the podcast, but one of my top tips is to be anal. You know, what I mean by that is uh, making sure that you're taking every approach that you feel is correct. You know, as a tester, as a quality assurance engineer, you wanna make sure that you have the patience. You don't get overcome by time. You don't, you know, uh, stress over the fact that, yeah, you might have had a month to conduct your testing and now it's shrunk to a week or shrunk to a couple of days. You want to make sure that you maintain that mindset and be meticulous in your approach and make sure that you're putting that right focus on, you know, what you're going to do in terms of reporting of defects, reporting of issues really is for the success of the organization. Right. And how do you sell it into the business um, in terms of its importance then? You know, like I'm thinking you've set up a center of excellence, you know, like how did you go about convincing them that that was what you needed in your company? Well, I mean, a lot of it is really about the measure of success, right? You have to have the proper KPIs behind it. You want to make sure that you prove to the organization that, you know, three months, six months, a year later down the line, you were able to provide them some quality measures that showed that you met this criteria that they were looking for. You know, the other thing is being able to have the support from leadership. It's not just so much about proving it to them, but having their support, having full alignment, having collaboration amongst the other teams as well. And then realizing that at the end of the day, it every everything that you did and built up the center of excellence really gave them the outcome that they were looking for, again, for the success of the company. Brilliant. That's a really good point. I like that approach about the measurement because they always say, you know, that saying like what, what gets measured gets managed. But, you know, to be when you think of a typical report at the end of a project or at the end of a release or whatever it might be, um, to be able to include, like, say, the amount of bugs prevented or, you know, the number of um, risks miti mitigated in a sense, that's a very impactful thing to show to show to leadership teams kind of as you move into into the next project or the next piece of work. It's a really good piece of advice there. Well, listen, Rolando, thank you so much for your time today. Is there anything else you'd like to add in terms of top tips for any listeners out there keen to learn from your 25 plus years experience? Well, this was actually really quick. I'm, I'm uh, glad that I was able to provide some key information here. As far as uh, top tips, additional tips, it's really, you know, just go out there and test, test, test. It's really important. Always focus on the quality of your product and the success of the organization is also the success of your own. Brilliant. Thank you so much. All right. My pleasure. So I mentioned earlier about the 39% of respondents um, overall who didn't think that um, quality assurance was a major focus area, which was 
quite shocking as we both agree. Um, but as part of the business transformation index, what we were able to do was split companies into um, starters, strivers and stars. And this was based off of their responses to the survey that they had conducted. So we were able to identify the nine success factors in this series as integral to being a star. Um, and there's a really stark difference in terms of quality assurance um, when it comes to STARS. So it's actually 64% of the respondents in that category saw quality assurance as a major focus area. Um, so my question to you is, is, you know, what separates the great organizations when it comes to quality assurance to the kind of starter organizations? Well, definitely what separates those organizations are the ones that really take that quality, you know, seriously. There are organizations that really build up strong quality assurance teams and have a big focus on delivering a product from start to finish, whereas there are other companies that might be at that startup phase. You know, I don't think that the size of the organization should depend on the focus of quality assurance, but it's more about what you want to deliver, how you want to deliver it, and how you want to put yourself as an ideal partner or a key industry leader in the organization, right? Um, right. You know, at, at, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that quality assurance is an integral part and you're able to show that by the products that you deliver. So that is a wrap on the nine part Mastering Business Transformation series. Big thank you to Rolando for finishing off our last success factor around quality assurance. It was so good to hear from somebody with so much experience in that area. And I hope that everyone listening got something from it. Do download the Business Transformation Index report. It's well worth it. It's available on our website. Just go to explio.com forward slash podcasts. You'll be able to download it there and you'll be able to listen back to any of the episodes that you might have missed in the series. Um, you can let us know your thoughts. We're, we welcome all, any and all feedback. Just use the hashtag Explio Explores or you can email us through our website as well. Um, and we set out, I suppose, 10 weeks ago to bring a series to the business audience that had a different topic each week um, where we felt we could add some value through our connections and through clients and friends of Explio. So I really hope that we have achieved that. We've had really good feedback from both the listeners and also the guests. And from a personal point of view, it's been a real privilege for me to host our first ever podcast series on the Explio Explorers channel. I hope it won't be the last. I'm looking forward to passing the baton to one of my colleagues in Explio. And we also have a couple of ideas around some bonus episodes around more tips and tricks for business transformation, because I feel like the more we share as a business community, the better the outcomes will be for all. And I think that that's something that we should take a lot of pride in trying to bring to the market. So, as I said, absolutely delighted to be a part of this series and to host these nine episodes. Um, it was a real privilege to be able to speak to our esteemed guests. I learned so much, which I hope you did too. And I really look forward to the next adventure um, when it comes to podcasting for Explio as well. So as I said, visit our website, catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Send us your feedback if you'd like um, us to take on any topics into the future. We'd welcome any feedback like that. And thank you once again for joining us on this wonderful journey.